You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the football grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Well, not always, because I was out for the count this week, Grump, but I'm feeling well enough to be back. So uh, it's been a rough week. It's been a rough week. It's been a rough year. I've been sick a lot this year. I don't know what the problem is. Yeah. Maybe because the Giants suck. I don't yeah, know. It, it's made you physically ill. You've like developed a long-term illness. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't COVID, but it was some sort of flu or st- stomach something where I just nonstop horribly coughing. And <laughs> if you guys listened to the episode last week, you probably had to just they probably turn it off because you're sick of hearing me cough the whole time. But uh, it was awful. And today's the first day I've been feeling well enough to get out of the apartment. And, you know, went to the NYCFC game for a while and. Uh, <sighs> I don't know, man. Getting old stinks. Did you just spend your whole weekend on the couch watching some USFL? <laughs> I spent all week on the couch doing nothing. I watched a bunch of crap, and I realized that there's a lot of garbage on Netflix and all these things we pay money for. It's really, you know, there's nothing good. Um, <laughs> did you watch any USFL, by the way? I did. I watched some of it. There's some good. There's some bad. Um, before, you know, I guess we should make it official who we're actually rooting for in this league. You're, are you rooting for the generals? I am. I'm picking. I'm picking a team from each uh, division or whatever. I think it's like north and south, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so generals, of course. I'm a. I'm kind of a fan of the New Orleans Breakers. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Seemed cool. Like the uniforms. I'm into that. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't pick for can any real name, reason. Can you name the original cities the Breakers played in before New Orleans in the first league? Portland, wasn't it? New Orleans. It was Portland, wasn't it? They started in Boston. Oh. And then they went to New Orleans and ended up in Portland. Oh, okay. So I wasn't far off. No, it wasn't bad. Okay. I will be – I've made my decision since I am not from New Jersey. You're going to be the Bandits fan? I will be or... a Tampa Bay Bandits fan in honor of Steve Spurrier, original coach of the Bandits. Uh, that's that's fair. Kicked, they so. did. That, that was the game I watched today. I didn't watch the 7 o'clock game, but I did have the 3 o'clock game on while I cleaned my whole apartment. And uh, I – they watch them get the shit kicked out of it, but they're they're coached by Todd Haley though, so interesting. That's uh, it's not can't be the worst coach in the league, right? I don't know. They're zero and two though, so maybe I don't know. Either way, um, watch some USFL, getting used to that. Some of it's really cool, man. Uh, the, the broadcasts um, they spend a lot of time with the the comms interactions between coach and quarterback. Like there's like whole minutes of absolute silence from the commentators, which is really interesting and cool. Um, well, and we've it's... got some we've got some great, you know, advances like in broadcast from the old, you know, from the old XFL and you know different little things they brought in. Whether it's, uh, you know, the camera behind the quarterback or mm-hmm. different things. So you know, that's what these leagues are for. I mean, these are not the NFL. Don't look at it. It's just if you love the game of football and you want to see something a little different and quirky and yeah, go for it. It's kind of fun to watch, and I, I kind of watch it the same way I watch college ball in that I'm watching individual players that kind of stand out and stuff like that. Kind of the same. I guess it's sort of like a farm league. I don't know. But 
in more important to Giants news, but less important news in, I guess, the universe. Uh, there's some strange Kadarius Tony trade rumors here, and there, the, I, I wouldn't say that they're like illegitimate rumors. I mean, this is Pat Leonard who reported it via his TikTok, I guess. But I mean, the, he's a legitimate reporter. I mean, it's not. We, we we can laugh about that, but this is this is an actual report. This is not just like an anonymous Twitter account or something like that, where where I'm hearing around. I mean, this is Pat Leonard who said it, so he is he's a legitimate reporter, and I believe Jordan Rainon backed it up. So the the news is that he's being shopped. Now, what I that that's what I find interesting. Before I get into my like analysis of of what I think is going on here, why don't you? Hit your two cents here because you've been, uh, you know, AFK for a little while. Yeah, I mean, when I first saw it, you know, I was just like, you know, first of all, I usually don't get my NFL news from TikTok. You know, I'm a 49 year old male, I'm not on TikTok. So I thought that was a strange way to break it. I don't know if he's trying to come up with a new way to hit the tween audience with uh, whatever he's trying to, you know, get to that uh, that audience i don't know but it just seemed like a weird place and and just i, I just get the sense that ever since the draft of Kadarius tony that you know the media doesn't like him and i don't know what that reason is i mean i think because it took him about 20 minutes to find the story from when he was a a sophomore about the air gun thing um maybe it's the fact that because he one of his interests is you know being a rap artist I don't know, but it just seems like, you know, it seems like the media is out to get him. And I don't know if it's because he wasn't anywhere on their draft boards or all these things coming up before it. But, you know, he, he had a very, a very unconventional rookie year and certainly not an ideal year. You know, having the COVID, having the injuries, having he didn't show up for the. Was it, what, what did he not show up for also in the beginning? The Rumble. rookie minicamp. He the didn't rookie show up There was some it. issue because everybody – until you get your contract officially signed, you're <clears> covered <throat> by some sort of waiver, but he didn't show up. And, you know, he's a different bird. He was like that at Florida. And, and again, I I know Kadarius Tony a lot longer than most of the people that, you know, are Giant fans or even Giant media members. You know, I've, I've been following him since his recruitment to Florida. And – He's a guy that, yes, he'd like, he would make these comments that, you know, he wants to be a rapper. That's his, you know, his dream and stuff and everything. But he never was an issue at Florida. You know, never missed practice, never was a disciplinary issue. The thing with the air gun has been well documented and has been addressed and has never been issues since then with that. Uh, I don't know. And I think for something that's come up, it's, I mean, let's use logic a little bit. And let's just think about what Kadarius Tony is. Kadarius Tony, while he wasn't a draft pick of this current front office and coaching staff and everything, he's still in the second year of a rookie deal. He still has tons of talent. He hasn't stepped on the field yet with this coaching staff. Why would you all of a sudden put him on the block when you have no idea what this guy is? And I don't want to hear any of this nonsense about, well... I heard that he really connected with Joe Shane, and that's obviously not true because he's not showing up to OTAs or, or, or I mean, to these uh, voluntary 
uh, OTAs, right? That's what we're calling these? Organized yeah. team activities. Yeah. Okay, yeah, these OTAs. So it's like, that doesn't mean anything. You know, they, it's, it's strongly encouraged. You'd like these guys to be there, but they are, they are voluntary for a reason. You know, that was negotiated by the union to make them voluntary. And that's his, that's his right to not go if he doesn't want to go. Is it the smartest decision? Smartest business and professional decision? Maybe not. But is it something you're just like, fuck them? And, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to move off them and probably get 70 or 60 cents off the dollar? Because well, it's not showing. All right. So this is where I'm going to jump in here with, with a bit of my analysis is that yeah. uh, this, this trade situation to me seems like a lot – more is being made out of a conversation than maybe is actually what happened. My theory here is that this was more of a conversation around the league between Joe Shane and other GMs, maybe just one, in which the sentence was said, what would you give up for Kadarius Tony?" or something like that, meaning that he is just simply not untradeable. Um, which you know we've, we've said before, no, there's very few people on this roster that are untradeable. Very, very few. And, and also, right now, they're going back to what Joe Shane said was like, just a few weeks ago, he was considered, he was called untradeable. Now this, that's not what Joe Shane said. It's not what he said. He said it was very unlikely to be traded. That doesn't mean untradeable. And he would not be doing his job if every person, hey, if someone came to me for Andrew Thomas, and so I'll give you three number one picks right now for him, done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no one's so, going to do it, but that doesn't mean he's untradeable. But this, 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 nobody on this roster should be safe because they're, it's not a very good roster, and it needs a lot to get better. So everything should be listened to. Now, the reason I say that this was just kind of brought up is because it doesn't make any sense for them to trade him before June 1st. And by that, I mean they don't save any money. In fact, they lose money. So this is a team that currently can't sign its own draft class if they were to draft at the positions they have right now. They cannot afford to sign them right now. There's no, It makes no sense to trade a player. If they trade him before June 1st, they will take on two and a quarter million dollar dead cap hit. They already can't afford to sign some of the players. Now, if this conversation were to go the way I said, there's no impetus to be actively shopping him right now like we need to get rid of him. More so, what would you give up for him? Considering the long term, considering beyond June 1st, would I move this player? Potentially, what would I get? Mm-hmm. And I think that's totally fine. And also, it seems very odd to me to be so angry about a player not going to a voluntary workout that you would immediately trade him when you're going to take on a dead cap hit and you're when when you can't afford to take on a dead cap hit by the way and and not even see what he can do on the field for you not even meet the guy all because he didn't go to something that he is not in it's not required of him it makes no sense to make that drastic of a of a move and not to mention this is a team that very desperately needs a lot more help if he's traded wide receiver suddenly becomes a need Pre-draft that makes no sense at all. It makes no sense. That. We yeah. covered the need for because you know, if you look at on paper, we have for wide receiver. Everybody has a question mark. There's yeah. injury concerns. There's depth issues. There's you know, why would you get rid of the guy who could potentially be the best one of the of the bunch? Who's it's untapped potential at this yeah. moment. Even if he does come with the injury concern, it, it's just 
why would you create a bigger hole there when it's already kind of a tenuous situation at best? It's more the way I see it. And you've got clear holes everywhere else on the roster. It makes no sense to make a bigger hole there. Pre, None of this seems like a reaction, I'll say, to the voluntary workouts thing. I think that this actually was said but was in part of a separate conversation more just so trying to see what he's worth around the league. I think that's it. And I think that's quite honestly Joe Shane's job. Yeah, sure. I have no problem with that. What the market value of number one to number 93 on this roster is. What can, what can I get from at any given moment for any one of these players if an opportunity presents itself to make this team better? I mean, okay. Different organization is working with the guy who drafted them this last year, so it's different circumstances, but it doesn't matter. I, I just... Unless they get an offer that knocks their socks off, they're not just getting rid of them just because they don't. They're not. They're not Odell Beckham, as a lot of people are saying. Also, right? Yeah. I don't see this to be the same at all. I mean, Odell Beckham actively worked his way to get off this Giants team. Did everything he can do, basically, besides taking the World Series uh, trophy and driving around the parking lot like George Costanza did to get fired, basically, or, or traded. So, I mean, he's just. He's a different guy, and don't look into the smokes, the uh, the clues, because, you know, he's a different generation than us. But what he puts on his Instagram, don't go to your, you know, uh, Rosetta Stone to try to analyze what he's saying on these things. You know, guys are young and they're different these days. They say different things, they have different language, different, you know, the way people talk is different than it used to be. You know, athletes now, especially, you know rookies second year guys they've come through a whole different wave of college than the guys before them they now know of the transfer portal they know that they're not just locked into a college for four years they can move wherever they want and maybe in the back of their mind they feel that's the same way in the nfl just because they drafted me doesn't have to be there so they think a lot differently than football players four or five years ago do and i i just let's just let this breathe a little bit now if he turns out getting traded on thursday and we were wrong, and maybe there was some smoke to the fire, and good to Pat Leonard for having that scoop. But I, I mean, I'll be, I'd be surprised. Point, the money doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I think if they trade him before the season starts, I'd be very surprised. Yeah. Even if they, you know after June first, I just. I yeah, I would too. I would I would say I'd be surprised if Kadarius Tony is traded at all. Um, you know, before the season starts, but I would be pretty stunned if he's traded before June first because I just don't see how it works. In yeah. favor of the team, I don't. I don't see what the upside is. And, unless answer, it has to be getting rid of immediately. And, and yeah, I mean, if even anything, if he's a, he has to get rid of immediately, he's he's not going to the OTA. He's not causing himself to be a distraction there. He's away from the team. Yeah. so that doesn't make any sense. Um. In other news, the Giants signed a tight end, Jordan Atkins, uh, 2018 third-round pick by the Texans. I believe it was 98th overall from the University of Central Florida. Uh, last year, in 2021, he played with the Giants' current tight end coach, Andy Bischoff, so there's familiarity there. Uh, over his career since 2018, 114 catches, tw- uh, 1,260 yards, three touchdowns. Um, biggest thing right here is that tight end was a disaster of a situation, right? I mean, <laughs> they had lost Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, Caden Smith had to go, Levine Toilolo was gone. They, they had effectively nobody there effectively nobody but depth level practice squad not even depth level practice squad level players 
were the only ones there. They went out, they signed Ricky Seals-Jones, who is a fringe depth player, I would say. I would say he's he's probably a tight end three in an ideal scenario, um, which, which is still not a good situation. But bringing in Jordan Atkins to kind of be tight end two with Ricky Seals-Jones as tight end one, that makes that situation go down from an absolute disaster to we need to upgrade this, right? It puts it into the pile of there's a lot we need to we need to upgrade for sure, but not like dire straits. Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually what we're going to get into right now. So we're going to kind of just basically go over the Giants' current draft situation. We're not going to talk players too much right now. We're going to talk positions. Um, as part of this overall off-season review, they have to you know get better from last year, and a lot of that comes with... Um, Players leaving uh, that you can't afford to keep, etc., and that leaves holes all over the place. So I broke this draft situation down into a series of three different categories. Absolute musts. These are positions that need to be upgraded, absolutely need to be upgraded at the end of this draft because they don't really have a whole lot of money for free agents after this, if they have enough money for their draft class at all. Um, The next category is needs. These positions absolutely need to be upgraded. However, it is not dire to the point where they cannot field a playable team if it's not upgraded this year. It just needs to be done to get better. And then the final category is positions to strongly consider upgrading. These ones can be pushed off to next year if needed, but in the immediate future, they will need to be upgraded. Those are the three categories. Now, normally there would be a fourth, and that's one to consider for the future, but this team has so many needs all over the place here, it's not even worth listing that category right now. Um so we're going to start with, and, and off to the uh, the side of the screen here, you can see the current depth chart for the New York Giants. And we're going to start with musts, and that's going to be with the boxes around it, all these positions right here. Most important must has to be right tackle. The Giants cannot go into the season with Matt Gano playing right tackle. It can't happen. They currently have a fringe depth level play he should be probably closer to a practice squad player as the penciled in starter at right tackle and that just cannot happen you only have certain opportunities to draft a franchise guy at a position of need like this you know the expectation is this team will be better next year and then the year after that and the year after that and that means you're not going to be drafting as high anymore you know thank god we'd rather be drafting in the late teens into the 20s means you're a playoff team but you know while we're here you need to grab the guys of the utmost importance you know we will debate it to the end of time whether Saquon Barkley was the right move or not but that was an excellent opportunity to get you know an offensive tackle or a quarterback of the future we did be passed we can't do it again especially when we're completely resetting this this team this franchise going forward and you know Depends on how the, uh, you know, the first four picks fall ahead of us. How which with there's a run on first, but there should be a right tackle out there waiting for us to get who's going to be elite and someone that doesn't necessarily be a Pro Bowler for the next 25 years, but someone who could be the cornerstone on the right side for us for years to come, at least until that second contract. And we 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 can't fumble this. We we can't punt again to the next draft. Um, to me, it's. It's urgency need number one, two, and three. 
I, right I, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, another position that absolutely must be upgraded, I'm going to list this one as the number two need, uh, is safety. Um, Julian Love probably shouldn't be starting. Uh, normally this position, I would say, uh, would go under the needs category since they have what I would consider to be playable players as starters here. I think Julian Love is okay as a starter. Xavier McKinney is very good as a starter. But the fact that there's absolutely zero depth and Julian Love probably shouldn't be starting pushes this into the must category. They absolutely must get a safety. They might as well get one that should be a starter alongside of Xavier McKinney. So what you're saying is you're actually saying that the second guy we should draft should be a safety. You're putting this as these are the critical need guys because I would say with the Giants having two first round picks and two third round picks, these three position groups that I'm saying should be picked within the first five picks that they gotcha. have. Okay, perfect. That's, so for, so the first three rounds. I, I agree as well, and I think the way we think the draft. If we were GMs of this team, we'd be very strongly considering moving that second pick for you know yeah. more picks this year and into the future but correct you're right i definitely safety is a position you need, you need to draft at number seven but you could definitely get mid first round or even a, a high second round you know could be a starter with, even third round i would say yeah. you could probably get a starter at safety um right. especially because you're pairing him with xavier mckinney i mean this isn't a guy who's going to try and beat Xavier McKinney for playing time or anything like that. So you can probably get yourself a, a safety that's a little limited in terms of athleticism, maybe can't run sideline to sideline the way that McKinney can or something like that. You know, that that kind of pushes that need to pick so high up a little bit down. Mm-hmm. Um, the last position here I'm going to mention as a must is corner. And I say that because it seems at this point it's a very high likelihood that James Bradbury will not play a down for the Giants this year. It seems all but, you know, foregone conclusion here that he will be traded simply because he's in the last year of his contract. He may not necessarily fit Martindale's scheme too well, and getting rid of his contract allows them the financial uh, feasibility to sign this draft class. So it, it seems as much as they probably don't want to let go of him, it seems to be the only way that it's really going to happen. And it, and. It, all the pieces seem to be there that, like, even he knows he's not going to be around. So it's interesting. You have corner ahead of edge rusher. I do because I don't think that edge rusher is a must. And we can we can bump now into the needs category here where I have edge rusher. Because I think Quincy Roche and Aziz Ojolari, that's a playable roster. It's not enviable. It needs to get upgraded. But... They can at least go into if, if that's how they go in week one and they they've acquired only depth behind that you know that's not good but it's playable they can mm-hmm. i mean if if james bradbury is traded then we're looking at rodarius williams who is a sixth round pick from last year coming off of an acl injury starting opposite a dory jackson right or a or aaron robinson who's more likely to be you know, situated in the slot or, or he, he fits better in the slot position and is also a former, he's a second year player. He was a third round pick. I mean, it's really not to me. If James Bradbury is gone, it's a must. It needs to be upgraded somewhere in those first five picks that they have. Hmm. It gives really a sense of urgency of getting this Bradbury deal done this week. Um, no, they don't. They don't need to sign the draft picks to pick them. 
Yeah, but I mean, it, it kind of helps with your, you know, your direction of the draft a little more. Yeah, but I mean, if, they, if they find some way to keep Bradbury on the roster somehow, and they, they don't find a a dance partner, well, even if it, they do, he's he's not signed through next year, so they yeah. would still be uh, need to be upgraded next year anyway. That's true. So I don't know. To me, that that pushes that into the must category here. Bumping into the needs, Edge is my number one need. Um, typically, when you're going into a draft, you want to have as few musts as possible so you can focus on your needs. Unfortunately, that's just not the situation with the Giants this year, in my opinion. I think those three positions they absolutely must come out of the draft with with players there, starters there. Um, yeah. So. So, spoiler alert, um, I'm going to be participating in a mock draft um, this week with a, a bunch of other, you know, from one guy from every team. But the rules of this draft were no trades. Mm-hmm. So you had a draft fifth and seventh for the Giants. And I'm going to be taking a, as we did the draft, I am taking a uh, a defensive end with seven, although that's not what I'd want to do. So I, ha- I and my argument was going to be more that that's a significant need for this team and when you're drafting this high you should take the edge rusher over a cornerback if but i am going to preface in this draft by saying my choice would be to trade down and that makes me feel more comfortable trading and drafting a cornerback if we trade down to like 16 or 17 as opposed to at seven does that make sense it does yeah um these needs picks here, um, where I have edge here, um, they, I mean, th- this is one where I think you can kind of stretch into the first six picks. You can kind of stretch into the fifth round that some of these positions need to be picked up. Um, and edge for me is the top need outside of musts. Uh, I think that they they need to get better pass rush from their edges. They need to stop manufacturing pass rush with blitzes. And Aziz Ojolari needs a bookend. You know what I mean? He, he played... Much better than I expected last year. He looks like he bulked up. Um, I think he needs to be the bookend to somebody else. Correct, yeah. There needs to be... Well, I mean, I I think just as long as there's a capable pass rusher, somebody else who can win, even if it's just as much as he is, that's a huge upgrade um, from what they've had. Trying to get to become a a really good defense, I think he's like your number two guy. Oh, yeah. I I would agree with that. Um, The next need on my board here is tight end. You know, this is now downgraded from a must. Ricky Seals-Jones and Jordan Atkins, that's enough right there where they can at least field a team. Mm-hmm. Now, if they want... Now they don't need... I was worried that, to the point where I almost felt like they needed to get two tight ends in this draft in order to, to be anything in this. And now they can just... They can focus on getting a tight end that they think is the best fit for this team. And, you know, hopefully he's ahead of Seals-Jones and Atkins in this in this depth chart and pushes them down a little bit. But even if he's number two to them, at least he gets some playing time, he gets some experience, and and you can continue to model him to the future. But absolutely there needs to be another tight end in the mix that is, you know, viewed for the future here beyond, you know, just, you know, next year. Um, Next position of need, I would say linebacker. You know, Blake Martinez is coming off of an injury, and he's in the last year of his contract. Next to him is Tay Crowder, and Tay Crowder is just okay at best. You're you're looking at a lot of ceiling there. And then even beyond that, there's really no workable depth there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that getting a linebacker would be a huge, a huge bump right now. And if they don't get a new linebacker this year, I would say next year this position becomes a must. A must. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I would. The, problem, the yeah. problem is we can't get everything this year. We don't have the money to do it by means beyond the draft. So it's mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, deciding who from these categories we're taking, and it's very difficult. We're in a real tight jam right now. It's very likely that one of these positions that I consider a need will not be addressed in the draft. It's very likely, or will be addressed with such a low like a low draft value that it will not impact them and again that goes back to my statement i made about that mock draft where you know are we going to draft it in five or seven again Mm. maybe but probably not right so that's to me that's where those you know that offensive tackle that edge rusher you get them that you can get them that high you get them there that's where the must comes in for me and everything else if we can't get them this year that's okay that's where next year will come in and then the year after even but but, I, just just what i was saying before just because edge isn't a must edge is a need so you know the must just have to be addressed in the first five picks that they have which is two firsts a second and two thirds oh see, see, i'm looking at slightly different to me it's a must based on where we are drafting as of right now no i understand that so but, yeah. <laughs> but what i'm saying is just because i have corner as a must and edge is a is it only a need it doesn't mean that i i'm gonna go corner with the seventh pick overall i would oh, exactly. i could still go edge you know no, I, I just need to address that you know maybe with a little less urgency um the last position you need to have is is guard here. Um, I'm I'm viewing guard as a little bit more important than center because uh, you know between Garcia, Lemieux, Wes Martin, Ben Bredesen, Nick Gates, these guys are all either depth level at best or they're coming off of injury and we don't really know or you know they, they need this strength in this spot. The interior of this offensive line. Let's be honest, the offensive line needed four spots upgraded. They went out and they got a starting right guard. They absolutely must get a right tackle. So that's two of four. This would be the third spot, getting that left guard to, and we, and we, to play. I think for those names you listed, you know, who could be potentially the starting center, we could get by with that one. And uh, worry about it next year. Exactly. So this is my lowest must. But, I mean, at this point, they, they must, they must uh, do something. Uh, sorry, they... They need to do something about this offensive line because over the course of the next couple of years, again, this this just speaks to the next thing. If we if they ignore it this year, it becomes a must next year because some of these guys aren't signed through next year, and also they're another year older. Um, some of these guys will probably have another year of tape proving that they're not very good. And next year, you want to have more options than just here's a couple of musts we have to get first. Right, but also next year there's more there's more money available to address musts and needs and stuff our, via free agency as well as the draft. Our cap situation will be better next year, and there'll be more money available to everybody next year. Yes. So. <laughs> um, now moving into the last spot here, the strongly consider positions. I'm going to say again, safety. Even if. They do address it by getting a starting safety to play over Julian Love. That means that there are only three safeties on this roster. Julian Love is not signed through next year. They need to get depth. Getting a safety in the later rounds of this draft may yield results of value. Um, Without having to expend a whole lot, they can get a depth-level player at a depth-level position in the draft. Um... Defensive line, I think, is another position that they should strongly consider. Dexter Lawrence's contract is ending soon. Whether they exercise his fifth-year option or not, 
He's not here for much longer. Leonard Williams is getting older, and it's unclear as to whether or not he will sign another contract with this team or not. And he's also, he's also a potential he's cut a, in, in a year or two. Sure. Yeah. And not only that, there's not really a whole lot at nose tackle right now. So, I mean, there's 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 multiple reasons why you would consider defensive line. Now, again, this is one that they can put off for a year. These are positions that they can put off for a year if they want, want to. Start, to. We want to start that assembly line of next sure. guy up uh-huh. after somebody leaves, and we have not been able to do that. We've we had to start from scratch because we're always scrambling to fix holes. Exactly. We don't want, we want to get out of that. Next position would be center. Uh, they went out and they signed John Feliciano. You know, maybe Nick Gates is a center if he can continue to to rehab and is able to play. Maybe Shane Lemieux can snap the ball a little bit. But I don't like operating on maybes, and I don't expect John Feliciano to be much of a starter, let alone a starter for a long time here. So I would say that they need to start looking for the center of their future um, and start looking at building this team the correct way. Um, and meanwhile, there's really no depth behind John Feliciano for this year. So that's not really enviable either. Can Max Garcia play center? He can. I, I don't think I really want him playing anywhere, if I'm being honest. He's not very good. I mean, that's... I, re- I remember when he was um, leaving UF that he was getting some coaching from, from Pouncey about how to become a center, like to help his, stat, you know, his status in the draft and stuff. So. If only Pouncey gave some of uh, his skill to him, that would be, yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, that would be nice, yeah. Um, and last position that they should strongly consider is tight end again. I mean, if there are two tight ends, if they have an opportunity to get another tight end that they can groom, you know, if they just happens to be sitting there late in the draft and shouldn't be, you know, maybe they value him a little bit more. Absolutely. Ricky Seals-Jones, Jordan Atkins, one of those two should be tight end three. They shouldn't, those shouldn't be your one-two punch. So... That's just kind of how I view this roster. I don't know. Is there anything that I that you feel I left out or maybe misplaced? No, I think it's uh, they're very fair and very you know valid categorizations. I mean, when you have so much you have to to fix on this team, you have to think of it from a logical standpoint. What's what's the most important, and you know what is the urgency based on the picks that we have? I mean, where we are drafting, I I still think means so much to all of this. That, you know, if you have the opportunity to get the best at something, which you're drafting right now at five and seven, what do I want, what do I want to get the best at? You know, why I want to get the best, you know, I want to get the best tackle I can get. Hell, I, I'd be even open if, if on my board, the, the two best tackles are available, taking them both. I mean, just because we made moves in this offseason doesn't mean we're finished. But <laughs> having those high picks means I want to get the best at the best at positions. And to me, that's where your tackle, that's where your edge guys are coming in. If we are moving around in, in the in the draft, that second pick, and thinking about round two and three and et cetera, I, then I think you're really spot on with it, it, where, you know, you need to address these guys. You can get them, get the, the best guy in, on your board at that position and, and jump on them. We, we, can't, we can't whiff on players and we can't whiff on positions and can't overload on something because we want to have overloading depth where we're going to be still having glaring holes in the positions. We have to kind of level this roster out, and uh, it starts now. I agree, and and for a while now, this team has been in its own rebuild mode of varying degrees, uh, and my, my motto, I guess, is whenever you're rebuilding is don't take chances. 
Take the sure things. Mm-hmm. Don't be stupid. Don't outthink the draft. Let the talent come to you. Trade out if nothing is there. See what you can get. Trade up if something you want is dangling where it shouldn't be. Trust your board. You know, don't don't take chances. Don't swing for the fences here. I mean, you need to get better. You either don't have a plan or you don't trust your plan. And if that's the case, you need to be fired as your GM. Or you just have the luxury of taking chances. This team doesn't have the luxury of taking chances. Mm -hmm. This team needs to get better before it can start taking chances on a... On a athletic freak with no production or something like right. that. Right, and know? the Giants are not a team that needs to draft somebody to sell tickets. They're not a team that wants to be flashy so they could be on TV on Monday night more. They're, that's not this organization. They're fortunate in that. <clears throat> Stick to the plan, execute the plan, the multi-year plan to make this team right, and we'll be fine. All and right. that's something if you. You're thinking about the guy you want to reach for. You don't get him, and it doesn't pan out for you, and it works for the other team. Good for them. But you know something? You hear the stories of the guys that are like, well, he was the 18th pick in the draft, and how come seven other teams missed him? There's a lot of other stories of the 18th guy where 17 guys didn't pick him, and he busted. So, yeah. You know, exceptions don't prove rules. Exceptions and also, are yeah. shiny examples, but they don't prove the things. Yeah. Um. So with that said, this is draft week. So happy draft week, everyone. I hope you're as excited as we are. We have a bunch of things coming up in the coming days. Um, I will be – well, we'll have another episode for Thursday morning uh, as our final pre-draft workup. We'll be talking about exactly what we want to do at 5 and 7 and and 36 and all the picks going through the draft, what we kind of want to focus on, where we want to get better, what we're expecting – uh, things like that and any new news that comes up at that time. So that will be right here on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, um, SoundCloud, YouTube. Uh, we'll have that episode available for you on nights one and two of the draft. That is Thursday and Friday. It will be I will be live on Talking Giants with Bobby and Justin and I don't know, maybe other people. I'm not actually 100% sure of the details. I am going to see... If that will be streamed also through our YouTube account as well, if that's feasible and possible, then it will be. And so be sure to follow on Twitter to find out if that's going to happen or not. So at football underscore grump, at the cranky fan, at just giants pod. And I will be on the FL team site. They are doing a mock draft. Uh, I'll be representing the giants for our two picks. So um, once I get the information of where that is, and when it's all completed, I'll send out on my uh, Twitter account, the Cranky Fan, so you can follow along and see how I did relative to my all our peers around the league. So I'm looking forward to that as well. And um, if uh, I'm going to try and get that link in the description below, um, it just may be a couple of days late, so you might be watching this video before it's there. Yeah. Um, and on Thursday is my anniversary, so I will not be on any draft shows that night. So we will be going out to dinner because... It's my anniversary. Guaranteed he'll be on his phone, though. I, 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 I might be, but you know something? It's, it, no, it's our 15th anniversary, which is a, a very, very big deal. So uh, I will, I'll be unavailable for any media requests. If they do, tra- they do trade Kadarius Tony or something crazy happens, uh, you'll have to hear what I have to say on, uh, on Friday morning. There you Bye. go. <laughs> All right, everyone. We will see you later on this week. Go Giants. Go Giants.